friends, welcome to worship with Houston and Kellen Kirk. As we gather from near and far, the Lord dwells in all our houses as we gather as one body around the Word of God which sets us free. Good morning. A very warm welcome this Easter Sunday to everyone joining us at Houston and Kellen Kirk for our worship on our YouTube channel or our podcast and follow our YouTube channel if you can. The stone is rolled away. Death is overcome. The tomb is dark but empty. Darkness gives way to light. The grave clothes are folded. Where has he gone? The women were the first to see and tell us, he is not here. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us worship God. We sing to God's glory and praise Him 410. Jesus Christ is risen today.
one. We worship today in the light of this new day, this wonderful day, to remember an empty tomb. Jesus is risen. How marvelous, how wonderful. Jesus is not found in the tomb. He is not found among the dead. Yet we don't see him here, but he is here. The mystery of Easter is revealed in an empty tomb. Love has won. As we gather to hear once more the story of Easter, we remember that faith does not depend on seeing or hearing. Faith is trusting and acknowledging presence beyond our understanding. We are sorry for those times when our faith fails us, when we allow our doubts to consume us and distract us. Risen Lord, forgive us. We are sorry for those times when we choose to ignore the way, the way that faith leads us, and go instead on our own path. Risen Lord, forgive us. As we meet here, accept our offering of worship, renew us and remind us of your promise to be with us always. Even when our senses doubt your presence, help us to trust in you. And hear us now as we join together with the worldwide church saying the words of our risen Lord, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Intimations of Food Bank Collection continues at the West Halls on a Tuesday, 10 till 12 and 7 till 8 p.m. As it's Easter, we also have a retiral offering collection for St. Vincent's Hospice, the, the Star Project and the Mumandi Milk Project. It can be handed in at the food bank for the next two weeks or on the website at the retiral offering tab or at the church services. And we have our church services now every Sunday, 9.30 and 11 a.m., limited to 50 people. So please book if you wish to attend, and it'll be available two weeks in advance. Scripture lesson this morning is read by Jane Crawford. Let's listen for God's Word. Today's reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, reading from verse 1 to 8, the Resurrection. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe 
sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 459. Crown him with many crowns. alive among us today. Open our minds and hearts and prepare us to meet you again this morning. So be it. Amen. If you don't know what Mark is up to in his gospel, reading the ending of the original gospel of Mark can be a real letdown. The other gospel accounts in Matthew, Luke and John they tell the story with shouts of joy and disciples running to and from and angels giving directions, everyone breathlessly sharing the good news. He's risen. He is risen. You can read those narratives and you can almost hear the music swelling. See the lilies bursting forth in glory. The resurrection of all the earth into springtime, new life. That's an Easter that's the Easter we have in mind when we think of Easter Sunday celebrations. Singers, dancers, music, celebration. Compare that with the Gospel of Mark and it's downright disappointing. Just a paltry eight verses at the end of chapter 16. 
Most Bibles have a ninth verse telling us of some resurrection appearances, but those are clearly later add-ons. Even the more conservative translation acknowledges that Mark originally ended at verse 8. Looking at your Bible, you'll notice a footnote saying, oldest manuscripts end at verse 8. The stories that make up the longer ending and the shorter ending of Mark were added later, no doubt by well-intentioned scribes and theologians who didn't get what Mark was up to. It's not surprising. Surely to stop reading at the end of verse 8, anyone could be excused of thinking, hey, the ending of this gospel is missing. Three women go out to the tomb after Jesus was arrested. The male disciples had all run away and were nowhere to be found. But the women who followed him right from the beginning followed him clear to the end. And now it's time to prepare the body for burial. It's the day after the Sabbath, the crack of dawn. They come at the first possible moment to perform this act of tenderness and kindness for the one they loved. But as they approach the tomb, they notice the stone has already been moved. Someone has been there before them and they're frightened. They enter cautiously, afraid. There, a man dressed in white says to them, Don't be amazed. You're looking for Jesus, the crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Go tell his disciples. Then Mark says, They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had come upon them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The end, that's it. No resurrection appearance, no disciples shouting, he is risen. No choirs or flowers, just mute, frightened disciples. What kind of ending is that? It's not a proper ending. A proper ending should have Jesus showing up, showing himself to a few witnesses. In fact, more, more than a few witnesses, because you've got to have witnesses to this kind of thing. Do something amazing like walk through a door, a closed door at that. Then at the end, have the disciples come together for a glorious farewell before Jesus ascends into heaven on a cloud. Now that's an ending. That's what you would expect. And that's what you get in the other three Gospels. But not in Mark. Mark ends tentatively unfinished. In one of his well-known Easter sermons, Mark Trotter suggests that Mark is on to something. Everyone knows what you do with an ending. An ending gives a story closure. You close the book. Conflict is resolved. Good triumphs over evil. And everyone lives happily ever after. We close the book. The story's over. And all is well with the world. Mark doesn't have that ending. Because Mark knows that all is not right with the world. In fact, Mark's ending is not an ending at all. It's a cliffhanger. As a shocking turn of events leaves the audience in suspense, the voiceover croons, tune in next week for the exciting conclusion. What will happen next? How will it end? It stirs up conversation about the possibilities. It's told that every morning Mozart's father roused the 
precocious boy out of bed by going to the keyboard and playing a series of familiar chord changes. However, he would intentionally leave off the last chord. The unresolved ending drove the young musician to jump up and run to the keyboard and play that final chord. Mark too has left off the last chord. He's left his story unresolved with the idea that any disciple worth their salt would be compelled to jump up and resolve it with their life. The man dressed in white said, he's going before you. Meet him back in Galilee where it all started, in your homes, in your work, in your everyday life. That's what really matters. The image of the resurrected Jesus going before us, leading us into the life that we were created for, has been an encouragement for generations of disciples. Whatever holds us in bondage, whether that bondage is of our own doing or because of life's circumstances, Jesus goes before us, breaking the power of situations that have otherwise left as good as dead. Where the power of this conviction is seen most clearly is not simply in being convinced that something sensational happened 2,000 years ago, and all we have to do is believe in it for an eternal reward. The real power comes when in very real and tangible ways the followers of this Jesus becomes the body of Christ in the world, striving to bring new life to the world, to eradicate injustice, poverty, and violence in both the society at large and in people's personal lives. The practice of the resurrection is people being inwardly transformed and empowered to transform society. To leave the resurrection as a one-off event that happened long ago guts it of its true power to inspire and work change in the world today. Preaching one Easter Sunday, William Sloan Coffin reminded his New York congregation of their obligation to take the resurrection out of the realm of ancient myth and bring it to life. He said, it's dark, the world's at risk, there's conflict, misunderstanding, poverty, racism, violence, but over here a group is working to do this, and over there a group is working to do that, until it almost seemed impossible that despite the imperfections of the world, there is a glimmer of hope that people like us, by God's grace, can bring new life to the world. Friends, that is resurrection. We are the resurrection, but we need to be brave enough to go and be it. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. Let us pray. God of love, your giving never ends. You're always pouring out more and more love. Love wins. Always. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for reminding us that love is the only way. As we celebrate your resurrection today, we are glad to know your presence. 
as we celebrate, we remember the people who are persecuted for their faith, who worship in secret, who live each day in fear, fear of discovery and imprisonment, or worse, because of their faith. Lord, we lift them before you and ask for your protection of them. As we celebrate, we remember the people who are struggling to keep their faith as they drown in stress and anxiety, as they exhaust themselves, surviving each day. Lord, we lift them before you and ask that they might know your comfort and support. As we celebrate, we remember the people who are seeking faith, who are dipping their toes into different traditions and ways of finding you, who long to know you more. Lord, we lift them before you and hope that they find you and come to love you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers today and give us patience and faith to trust that they will be answered. So be it. Amen. Our final hymn, 419, Thine be the glory.
Resurrection shakes the sleeping into life, brings life from death, gives vision to the visionless. Resurrection calls us to go and do God's work in the world, to bring light to the darkness, to bring hope to the hopeless, to be the voice of the voiceless. As we go this Easter day, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore. Amen.